Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show with me, Adam Bayfield, and of course, Tony Kerr. Of course. How's it going, Tony? Yeah, good, thanks. Where are we this time? Where are we? Do you want a sort of topographical, topological? I <laughs> can't remember what the word is. Description of the surrounds? We're always recording in a new location. It's like pirate radio or something, isn't it? Or On the run. That radio service in uh, the last Harry Potter book, which I know you're a big fan of, Tone. Yeah, we're always in a different spot just to make sure no one can uh, can track us down. Phones um, and all that kind of stuff. Do you want to paint a picture for the listeners of where we are this time? Um, yeah, so we are at Saints Bay in Guernsey. Saints Harbour. Still I in guess. Guernsey. Still in Guernsey, yeah. On our beach tour of the island. Yeah. Um, we're on a sort of... There's a dog. There's lots of dogs actually around. Um, yeah, we're on a kind of... Uh, how would you describe it? It's like it's not quite a jetty, but it's like a sort of granite <laughs> harbour side. Um, there's water in front of us, a few little boats surrounded by cliffs at the bottom of a, yeah, a sort of... Yeah, a steep hill. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Visit Guernsey. <laughs> <laughs> your uh, your descriptions uh, are probably one of the most popular elements of the. Uh, yeah, the no show. one you're, switched off yet. Your kind of v- verbal portraits. Um, yeah, not quite a jetty, more of a what is it? A kind of a promontory here or something. Promontory. <laughs> it's not a word I've heard before. <laughs> It's absolutely beautiful, picturesque scene. It's quite quiet today. This is I'm slightly unsettled by how quiet it is, but how many people are around. So we're, the harbour is kind of across the bay from the beach, but I think because just because of the acoustics across the water, the, our voices are really carrying across the bay. Yeah, we're ruining <laughs> a lot of people's mornings. <laughs> my, my really, really kind of high energy. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Just everyone on the beach is kind of sat up and <laughs> looked across. So there are quite a few people on here on the harbour as well, sort of going, you know, getting in for a swim. So I'm sure they're going to really enjoy this. Well, it's a treat for them. Isn't what it? a privilege. It's a real bonus. What a privilege. Um, as they're going to hear us talk about a lot of cricket. So we last recorded... A podcast, I think, middle of June, Tone. Yeah, summer's really disappeared, hasn't it? There's almost too much to talk about. It's difficult to know how to organise this. Yeah, I think really the, the strategy for today is, I think the strategy for today is more of a kind of taking the temperature of, of world <laughs> cricket rather than getting into the, the you know the weeds. Right. Yeah. Um, Just kind of gut feel. Exactly. Yeah. Talk, speaking from the heart, I think, because... Um, well, my yeah. strategy, it's, yeah, we've pro- possibly got like the most to talk about we've ever had on one episode like the most has happened between episodes um so my strategy was don't make any notes <laughs> i'm going very freewheeling today no notes um just speak from the heart shoot from the hip speak yeah. from the heart and just like turn it over to you to, <laughs> well, to finally like, pull your weight on this show it seems like the cricketing landscape has changed in the last few weeks and months and you know, yeah, what with the kind of, you know, the the emergence of some new or the announcement of new or development of new T20 leagues. Another another word? Another, yeah, yeah. <laughs> another go yeah, The formation of new T20 leagues um, alongside the... the genesis. The new, the new, yeah, the new um, Future Tours programme as well. Mm. It's kind of got a lot of people hot and... Well, I'll say hot... Hot and bothered. Hot and bothered, but also just like depressed, really. <laughs> it's hard to remember a time when... Hot, bothered and depressed. Yeah, like I've I've read quite a few pieces from... You know, I wouldn't say like cricket traditionalists, but people who like cricket the way it is, there does seem to be a lot of concern around at the moment that things are uh, sort of disappearing off a cliff, 
kind of irreversibly. Mm. Um, well, you're going to hear quite a lot of that from me today. Yeah, okay, right, ready for it. <laughs> ready for it. So, yeah, so that's 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 been a thing, hasn't it? Um, England have been good and then a bad again, test cricket. There's been, uh, there's been a lot of T20Is or IT20s, as ECB love to call it still, uh, and ODIs, which have sort of just, I don't know, drifted by without really much of an impact. Much comment. The 100 has started... And no one really cares. The what? <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's that's my summary of the summer. Really, it's so true. Actually, since we last recorded an episode, England have become the best Test team in history and are now terrible again. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, it's quite good, isn't it? Because you know, you know, if we were recording on a sort of weekly schedule this summer, we'd have we'd have flip flopped around. <laughs> but actually, we could just sort of sit back and uh, you know, just... hello. Actually, making a bit more sense than you you (laughs) so far. It's a great point, actually. (laughs) Well, should we start there, Tony? Should we start with the test match stuff? Should we start with this test match that's just happened um, at Lords this week against England against South Africa? As I say, since we last spoke, uh, well, I think we just we spoke just after the extraordinary second test of the New Zealand series with you know what we were describing as you know maybe one of the best test innings of all time by Johnny Bairstow, maybe one of the best fourth innings run chases of all time by England and then they subsequently did it again and then di- and then again in the third test against New Zealand and then in the, the kind of weird um, fifth test against India uh, so actually drew that series so it was the, yeah won all four of the, all of the first four tests of the summer in quite extraordinary fashion all very similar kind of similar pattern to each of the games it, just extraordinary turnaround and it was it just just couldn't believe how brilliant England were in those in those games, but this game against South Africa, um, somewhat different. I think it would be fair to say. So South Africa won the toss at Lords, and they put England in, which I think, well, those overhead conditions and pitch conditions obviously played a big part in that. But I think also, given the way that you know the the, the, the previous four tests of the English summer had gone, and England, you know, having that run chase every time, I think that was a smart move, uh, and they bowled England out. Uh, for 165 in the first innings, uh, with with only Oli Pope resisting with 73, but Kagizo Rabada taking five for 52, and Anrik Nokia uh, three wickets as well. South Africa in response. Well, at one stage uh, they were 138 for one. England pulled them back a bit, got themselves back into the game a little bit, but but still conceded a first in a big first innings lead. A South Africa rule out for 326, uh, and at no stage really did it look like England were going to. We're going to turn it around. South Africa took regular wickets. Anrik Nokia with a, a, a brilliant burst to remove Lees, Bairstow and Folks in quick succession. Uh, and England eventually were all out for 149 uh, to seal an innings victory for South Africa. They won by an innings and 12 runs in, what, about two and a half days? Yeah, this is, we're recording this on the morning of what should be day five, Tone, but this already feels like a long time ago. Um, so, yeah, give me give me a kind of uh, broad brush reaction here then, Tone. Um, what did you make of this game? What did you make of this performance from England? How, you know, how concerned, unconcerned? Is the honeymoon over for Ben Stokes? Uh, what's what's your feeling? No, I, I, I think it's probably, it, it would, be, would have been fanciful, I think, to assume that how England played and won in those four tests at the start of the summer could kind of well, a continue forever but continue sort of at all because uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it was, it was like sort of faintly absurd wasn't it in terms of, it, it was rewriting the rules of mm. you know the sort of fit the physics of cricket yeah um which is you know unsustainable 
clearly England as well, where as we as we've discussed at length and uh, uh, over the last few years, you know the decline has been steady and consistent and sort of you know it's been sort of one way traffic in that sense. You know, there's there's more work to do than just sort of come in and go. I have a bash, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I've, I don't think anyone should be too disheartened. Clearly by that. Um, well, it's one test. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, exactly. It? It was, yeah, it's way too early to judge. I mean, clearly South Africa are a better side, or they seem to be a side on the up, and they're they're a better side than they have been for for a little while. The bowling attack is is really quite good, um, and the batting is um, is like solid and and mm. kind of. Well, they didn't need to do a huge amount in this in this match, but um, you know the bowling obviously did. You know they did the damage. So yeah, early days still. Um. Yeah, I want I want I want to talk about South Africa, but I've yeah was been a little bit um, surprised <laughs> if that might be a charitable word by some of the commentary in the aftermath by saying, well, you know, yeah, this the, all this basball stuff, it's all very well, but when you come up against a side as good as South Africa, I mean, yeah, South Africa were brilliant here, and we'll talk about them. But like on paper, are they better than New Zealand or India? Like, well, exactly. You know, clearly, yeah. Maybe South Africa on the up and New Zealand are on the way down, perhaps. But India are the best team in the world and absolutely blitzed England at times last summer. So I, yeah, I, I don't think you can say that what happened in those first four games was some kind of weird aberration. I suppose the concern would be um, twofold: one that actually this this test. Was very it had a very similar shape to the Ashes tests in it, to the, the tests over the winter, England getting bowled out twice for for less than two hundred, and so you do wonder just maybe with that extra pace in the South African attack, maybe that was like the England's new kind of brave, brilliant batting. Maybe just with a little bit of extra pace on the ball, that's more difficult. But but, but probably more pertinently, or more kind of troublingly, perhaps it's when it's a different kind of game. You know, those previous four tests, I don't think you can say there was some kind of fluke, but they all unfolded in a very similar way. And, you know, actually England were struggling at various points, but then were left with this fourth innings run chase, which they could basically approach like a 50-over game. Yeah. Whereas this one, they were batting first, they were, you know, behind the game trying to set a target. And that's when you think, well, actually, yeah, I don't think it's a fluke, but I think there's a reason why, like it's very difficult to play test cricket in the way that they have. And I think the idea that they were suddenly like reshaping test cricket or showing that you could play test cricket in a totally different way. That was perhaps a bit premature. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That, that series against New Zealand. And then obviously spilling into the, the India match. It, the, as you say, it kind of gathered a momentum of its own, didn't it? And that, that sort of, it, you know, once England done it once, then, you know, mm. then they did it again. And then suddenly, you know, Presumably, the opposition teams are thinking yeah, like, "Well, what, you know, what we've got to do here in England, we're, we're buzzing." Uh, as you say, the, reverting or not reverting, but kind of being f- confronted with a different sort of match situation. It, yeah, it didn't quite work that way. And you know, the batting frailties that have been there for England, you know, they haven't solved yet by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, Crawley looks kind of oh yeah, he just looks like he can't get going. Um, yeah, Lee's has been solid. Uh, yeah, you know, there's there's still there's still question marks over the you know we, we haven't you wouldn't back England to to score big runs every single time they go yeah. out at the moment. So yeah, and you know, Joe Root couple of failures here. That's going to happen. But actually, you know, when Joe Root fails, we're you, witnessing greatness. <laughs> <laughs> but when Joe Root fails, it does put a you know a real spanner in the works. You know, England do 
in all of those four games, he those four wins earlier in the summer, he did score a lot of runs still. So, you know, um, yeah. So I, suppose I, I it's for me, I, I don't think there's any need to panic whatsoever. I, I don't think it um, changes the complexion. It, you know, it doesn't sort of change the way I think about those those previous four tests. But it does just, and it could well be that in the second test, it, you know, England do produce that yeah. same kind of performance. So, you know, that's that's very very possible. Um, but I, I think it does just illustrate that, yeah. Th- and it's one of the great things about Test cricket. There, there's so many. It, it, it requires so many different um, skills and and types of cricket and types of approach. You can't just have that one-dimensional. Just go out and smack it around. That's not going to work every time. Um, so yeah, there's still a lot of, of work in front of England to become a good test team, you know, a kind of consistently reliably good or even world-class test team. But yeah, it, it, it certainly doesn't devalue um, what they've done already this summer. I mean, there's been a lot of chat about scheduling. We might talk about the Future Tours programme a bit as well, um, but, but, but specifically about the scheduling of the domestic cricket this summer and the preparation that the England players have had coming into this series. I mean, they, they did look a bit rusty. I think that's probably uh, accurate to say. I mean, what's what's your take on that? Obviously, there's not been any first-class cricket, any championship cricket for a while. It's all about the 100 at the moment. I mean, do, do you think that's playing a part here? Yeah, I don't know. Possibly to a certain extent, but I don't think that's anything new, is it? Like, that, we've been talking about that for years now, that... that players particularly going into test matches be they at home or on tour you know players by now should be used to the fact that they they're not going to get a proper Mm -hmm. warm-up they're not going to get the preparation and so it's almost just like kind of just go for it and see what some suck it and see Mm um so yeah i don't i I wouldn't i wouldn't sort of put that you know as the, the the major contributing factor to this single result but possibly you know as we've said in the past i think you know if you want to sort of yeah if you want to give test cricket the best chance and you want to give English test cricket the best chance then there need to be some structural changes to how to, yeah to, to how the whole thing is set up and clearly those haven't been made I mean obviously South Africa did have a bit of a warm-up and got well beaten didn't they by yeah. the Lions um so yeah yeah I, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't put too much well that's where you truck think, into yeah, that it, it does seem like that all that chat which there, there's a logic to it but it, it does seem a little bit uh, strange that you know that England could look so rusty and South Africa looks so on their game when South Africa haven't. No, I don't think any of those, or with the, the exception, I think of Keegan Peterson, who's been playing for Durham this season. I don't think any other South African player had played any first-class cricket since their last Test match in March, apart from this game against the Lions, where they were absolutely thumped. I mean that you know that it, it does at least mean they had one more first-class mm. game <clears throat> than the England players uh, coming into this. But but this sort of gap in. Um, in kind of freshness or, or you know the, the, the how much rusty the England players looked I I don't know if you can ex- explain that all away with that I mean for me it might be more that that's probably I'm sure that's part of it but and and maybe more specifically the fact that they as you touched on before you know they they were building up that momentum in the first four tests in, of the summer which came sort of thick and fast and then they've had this break and that's allowed time not just where they've not been playing first class cricket but where maybe a few of them have just lost a bit of form you know playing other forms of the game and we've seen in the the white ball stuff they played a few weeks ago that you know certainly ben stokes is out of form with the bat isn't he and you know bearstow's clearly lost a little bit you know was was batting like a roman emperor um at that point 
and has maybe just lost his way slightly. So I, I think that might have a little bit more to do with it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the summer hasn't really gone since those tests. The, you know, the kind of white ball stuff was so up and down, wasn't it? Yeah. And probably more down than up. Mm-hmm. Um, w- w- yeah, which must must play a bit of a role, as you say, that some of that form is just kind of seeped away, um, which is a bit of a shame, really. We can talk about South Africa. We've, t- we've um, kind of touched on them already, but they, yeah, all of it, they were terrific in this game, weren't they? And all of a sudden, they actually look really good <laughs> they look a really good team I mean it's not very long ago maybe a year or two ago um, that I thought and I'm sure I said on the show at the time um, that South African cricket seemed to be in a bit of a difficult place it was maybe sort of heading towards the doldrums if that might be overstating it but and but particularly their test cricket you know they they weren't having great results in test cricket and you, you you're kind of looking at the players coming through thinking mm, this they're not sort of replacing that kind of golden generation that they had with de Villiers and Stain and so on. Um, well, yeah, exactly. And then anyone who was coming through was sort of immediately being kind of giving up and going coal pack. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, all of a sudden, I mean, they, so they had a, a, you know, got that result in New Zealand earlier this year. They're top of the World Test Championship table, actually, by some distance for whatever um, uh, value you place on that, but does kind of illustrate that they've, they've been having some, some really good results in the last year. Um, yeah, what, what what did you make of their performance? You, you talked about their bowling attack. I mean, that that was, the I suppose, the really kind of eye-catching thing. Yeah, well, exactly. They sort of ripped England apart, didn't they? Um, Rabada is just, you know, he's been around for quite a while now, hasn't he, obviously, yeah. but he, he's, he is underrated, I think, or he suddenly goes under the radar slightly um, in terms of just how good he is. And, you know, isn't he sort of on track? He's like he's above Dale Stain, like statistically at the moment. Uh, he's a, a, yeah, kind of on the same. It depends what measure you're using. Yeah, but he's very very similar. I think in, well, he's in, like striking less than. He's, he's, yeah, he's basically he's in he's truly right, elite, right yeah. up there in terms of yeah, the best bowlers of all time. Actually, I think mean, I think what you said about him being underrated is probably true, and maybe this is maybe this is not the case in South Africa. But you know, if if you were to if I were to ask you before this game, if I were to have asked you who's the best fast bowler in the world. You might have said three or four names before you got to Rabada, but actually, yes, statistically, he's he's one of the best bowlers of all time. Yeah, point. he probably deserves to be, yeah, kind of right at the top, doesn't he, at the moment? And I, I don't know what, what it's probably because of how little, yeah, kind of South African cricket had been sort of drifting and and kind of on the Test front had been drifting and maybe a bit out of sight, kind of out of mind, and also, yeah, possibly now when you're thinking about the kind of best bowlers in the world. There's a, you know, a sort of element of like a one day or like white ball cricket as well, kind mm. of um, being heavily in the mix. So, you know, someone like Bumra, who's just been exceptional kind of across the board. I mean, like Rabada, you know, is obviously a pretty good all round bowler, yeah. but, um, but yeah. So yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, he's, he, he's exceptional. And then Nokia is clearly very dangerous and, and, and bowled so well in this match, you know, Top top speed causing a lot of problems. So, so yeah, it's all it's all pretty good. I've been desperately trying to think of a, a, a Nokia pun <laughs> for Nokia, but I wasn't really listening to what you were saying. There, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, haven't come up with one uh, as yet. I've I'd also just been looking at the stats. So Rabada's bowling average is twenty two point one, and his strike rate is forty point two. So, in terms of average for bowlers who have taken more than two hundred and fifty wickets. Above him, 
only McGrath, Fred Truman, uh, Kirtley Ambrose, Joel Garner, Malcolm Marshall. So not bad company to be in, really. And yeah, that average is above Stain. Which is, yeah, I've done, it just sort of underlines it all, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah, no, so exactly. They've got a, a really quite potent attack, haven't they? And they've got you know they've got some real height they've got pace they've got they've got kind of got it all at the moment um which as you know mentioned before given wonder what uh talking about height wonder what kind of reception nokia got up there <laughs> that's good, good. um you bowling bricks home now. Yeah. Cheers, um but yeah so but yeah so you know looking kind of they've got all the assets really at the moment and you know added to that you mentioned the you know the players that they'd lost because of cold pack well some of those are coming back now you know with Olafir coming back Harmer played a test there this year. so you know Harmer's getting on isn't he so I don't know that he's um, sort of the future at this point but it's yeah they, they, things really do seem to be looking up I was so impressed with their bowling uh, yeah Nokia as you say just I mean Rabada I guess the most eye-catching with that those five wickets but Nokia maybe across the match the most Lethal. I mean, he just bought just that pace. He was bowling sort of 93, 94 miles an hour, wasn't he? And just that real kind of hostility. And that, you know, someone like Ben Folkes was really unsettled by that. And, you know, we, as we touch on, I'm not sure that you'd say that South Africa's, I don't think you could say that South Africa's attack is, on paper, is better than New Zealand's or India's, who have two of the best attacks in the world, probably only behind Australia. But just that little bit of extra pace, maybe, has just, just made a bit of a difference for, for the England batsmen here. Um, and you know that it's going to take a bit of adjusting to um, Marco Janssen as well uh, looks a real fine doesn't he bowling again at really good pace um, he's substantial height I think he's, was he 6 for 8 yeah so six eight. Kind of Steve Finn height um, left arm but also you know batting at 6 batting at 6 you know there is the all rounder and you know if he he, he got, what, 48, I think, in the second innings here. He doesn't have his first-class record. I think he only averages about 19 in first-class cricket. So on paper, there is a, a, a vulnerability there um, in, in that South African lineup because you'd say, you know, someone with a first-class average like that batting at six, you know, that that's a, 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 a weakness. But he looks like he's got real potential with the bat. And if he can find his way with the bat, then that's, that's a huge asset for South Africa in the way that, you know, Cameron Green has been such a kind of breakthrough for, for Australia because it allows them to play those four, four fast bowlers. And Maharaj, who was also brilliant in this game. Yeah, they, they, it's very well set up for them in the bowling department at the moment. Yeah. Um, just very quickly, you, you touched on this already, but Zach Crawley, is that is that the end of the line, do you think? Is, that, is his goose cook now? Well, uh, yeah. This, I mean, he's running out of running out of time rapidly, isn't he? I, I, it's a shame because he looks the part at times, but yeah, I don't know. But but then, who, yeah, who's in? Who's coming in? Well, yeah, but well, this I suppose this is where the the scheduling thing does become a problem because there isn't first class cricket going on. You can look at who was in form, you know, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago when they were playing championship cricket. But if you need to bring in someone now, it is more difficult. Yeah, um, do you go back to Rory Burns? You know, do you Probably. go back? Do you go back to somebody like that, or do you, yeah, sort of throw in someone, someone new? It is, it is tricky. Yeah, I, yeah. you can't keep throwing Crawley out, you know, to the Lions like that, though, can you? Well, exactly. I mean, I think you know, earlier in the summer, people said, well, you know, he'll play the South Africa series, but will he? Will he finish the series at this point? I don't know. What work to do? 
what do you think then for the the rest of the series? Do you think the next test starts this Thursday? I think doesn't it? Do you think do you expect England to bounce back here? I do. Yeah, I do. I think. Um, yeah. Well, a hopefully it lasts more than three days. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. Um, yeah. No, I, d- I definitely expect England to to be more competitive. Kind of next next up, but yeah, but who knows? I mean, it, I equally wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't pass put it past South Africa winning three 0 at this point. All right, Tony. Well, should we should we dip into some other stuff, some other content? Well, there's a lot more, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do next? We've probably world. got to talk about the Future Tours program. Can uh, we talk about how underwhelming the hundred has been? Yeah, let's, second let's, time around. Let's, I mean, really, we all know what we want to talk about. It's the hundred. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go on. Let's talk about the hundred. Yeah, you've given the game away a bit in well, terms of what you think about it. How many games in is it? I don't know. No I've, idea. Lost, lo- I've completely not. lost track. It. Yeah, I think it's. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to write it off completely at this point because I said that's hasty. But yeah, but but it, it has been. It's been limp at best. I'd say this summer, and that's kind of just. Uh, clearly, last last summer with the the kind of pandemic still in a full swing, I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> still, still kind of still still going great guns. Yeah, uh, there was a bit. There was a window. It kind of worked. There was there wasn't you know there wasn't much else happening. Well, there was, I guess, but it, it seemed like it. There was a bit more bandwidth for it. Whereas this summer, not only is it kind of got lost, I think, but also I think the the nonsense of the the format is being exposed a bit more because it's just very difficult to get excited about any aspect of it really at this point t20 was already a game of like you know bits and pieces kind of performances isn't it it was you know it was a kind of a 40 off 20 or mm. a couple of wickets at the death or whatever you, you shave off another 20 balls and it just makes you know it, it just exacerbates the issue of like you know, it, yeah, you know, it's very hard to for players to stand out with their efforts. Okay, like you know, Smead and uh, etc. Uh, there's been a couple of standouts. Yeah, you, know, you know, the first hundred. Has it been two hundred? Been two hundreds now? Uh, right. Yeah, I thought you meant two hundred competitions. I was like, yeah, this yeah, year yeah. and last, last year. year yeah. You mean two centuries? Two centuries. Yeah. Is that right? I I've honestly got no idea. Well, I know, I know Will Smead, Smead got one, didn't he? Got yeah. the first one, and uh, you know, obviously that then that steals the headlines a bit. Well, it did make the headlines, and that, you know that was that was exciting. But just the, yeah, other than that, it, the whole thing just drifts by like a kind of yeah. steady stream of, of meh. Because I've no idea who's good mm. in terms of the teams. Now, a lot was made last year, and rightly so, about the success for the women, and you know the impact that's had. And you know, and there's been some fantastic crowds once again this year, but it. Like you know, if you look if you look on scorecards, well, it's just a sort of steady stream of, of team names where people don't have really any affinity to or know yeah. who's maybe they maybe some people do, but like you know who's good or who's not or who's like who plays for who again. Um, yeah, I'm struggling with it. Yeah, I'm struggling with it too, Tane. I think it uh, there'll be a lot of people. Like I know there are a lot of people out there, and there will be a lot of people listening to this who are enjoying the 100, who think that the that people who are opposed to the 100 are um, kind of stuck in the mud, uh, you know, or worse, <laughs> <laughs> um, and might say that I've, or we have not 
given it a chance and there's probably some truth in that but I just I just don't care like I really really don't care and it one I was gonna say one sort of interesting thing about my view <laughs> uh, no, like what one sort of um way that I'm perhaps like coming at it from a slightly different angle from a lot of people who are against it is that I don't necessarily have a problem with a franchise system or like moving away from the counties like because I, I do I do see that 18 counties is too many for a competition like this it's very you know, the T20 blast it's it's just too kind of big and unwieldy and it does there is some sense in having a, a smaller competition with fewer teams city-based i don't necessarily mind that and i'm not because we as we've talked you know we've talked over the years about we're not kind of big county cricket diehards we we, we live off of the mainland uk we don't have a local county that we that we go to um so that's not my biggest problem with it my 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 big problem with it is the format like i just i really hate the fact that it's 100 balls and it's not because it, it just doesn't feel like proper cricket to me. Like, I just can't take it seriously. All this nonsense, and then, then all the other kind of nonsense that goes alongside it. Like I, the on-screen graphics, I just can't. I can't I believe they haven't changed the start. Yeah, I can't believe they haven't changed. Them. I mean, it could be that I'm just too conditioned by the like the sort of normal way that we have a scorecard in cricket. But this, I tell you, it takes me so long to work out what's going on. I don't understand it. it yeah, so it could be that for someone who knows nothing about cricket that they can look at it and work it out and it makes more sense than a normal school. But, but for me, I just, like, I hate it. But, but not just because it takes me a long time to work out what's going on, but it's like, it takes up so much of the screen. <laughs> yeah. It, it really intrudes on, on, on the, on the viewing experience. Um, so I hate that. I hate the kits. <laughs> I really <laughs> honestly hate yeah, that sort of lower order stuff. But I, I just, I really, really have a problem with the format. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, the quicker they get rid of it, the better. Because I, I agree. And, and, and sorry, just one more thing is just to say, if if this was T Twenty, I, I don't think it would be any different in terms of the impact it was making. Yeah, the, the response to that might be well, the BBC wouldn't have it because it was it's too long. But I do, I still struggle to believe that. And also, it's like it's not on the BBC that much. No, exactly. <laughs> How many games are there? Three or four. Yeah. So, I, like, if they'd done a T Twenty competition like the Big Bash, all the stuff that they're celebrating in terms of the people it's bringing through the door and the new people coming to cricket, I think it would be the same. But you'd also be bringing along with you people like me who are just totally turned off by the fact that it's just it's kind of gimmicky nonsense as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, people will say, or some people will say, well, you know, it's not like cricket, the format of cricket has been sort of baked in from the start. Mm. You know, there were eight ball overs or whatever and, you know, this timeless test, all this stuff. It's like, well, that is true, but, <laughs> like the the the, the form of cricket has been yeah. established now for quite a while, quite like a it, long time. Exactly, yeah. it's not like <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, things have changed, but it, it kind of it clearly cricket felt like it had kind of settled on a, something it liked mm. and that worked. It, you know, even just like watching the start, I think I watched the build up in a bit of the first match that was on BBC. You know, even the the, you know, the pundits were saying overs, and then I, you know, the presenter having to correct them. Yeah, it's just like. Like, I don't know. I, yeah, I gave it the benefit of the doubt last year, I think, but uh, I'm really struggling with it. And it doesn't help. There's been too much cricket this summer uh, in England. Like the constant. I mean, England were playing T20s and, and ODIs pretty much every day for about six weeks. Uh, which, which is, I mean, again, like 
you know, in terms of giving people opportunities to go and watch the watch the matches live and take it around the country and all that stuff, like that, that's kind of fair enough. But for the sort of wider cricket audience, mm. I think, yeah, it, it, you sort of just get overfed, you, get, you sort of bloated on it. There's no sort of joined up thinking either, is there? This, I mean, this has been a, a long-standing problem. But like, there's always, like for example, that the, the 2019 Cricket World Cup final was the same day as the Wimbledon final, or like, and this year there was a was there a T20 or a ODI on the same day as the Women's Euros final, and it's just it's you're not helping yourself by scheduling things at the same time as other major sporting events. But yeah, no, I completely agree with all that. I mean, we I suppose we could roll this in with the, the Future Tours program as well, which has, has been announced this week. Um, but I, I do worry, and I don't want to sound... I, I, I do worry that I, I often sound too negative on this on this program. Uh, on this broadcast. But I do I, I do worry a bit that cricket's, cricket's getting itself into a real mess. Um with scheduling with any kind of like vision or strategy for w- what it wants to be i mean this is the problem though isn't it because who's in charge of that there's so many different interests so many different people trying to look after their own interests um but yeah like the future tours program is just it's so bitty it's like well for, you know firstly there's like major for england there's like it's kind of major emissions from it like there's no tour to the caribbean in the next five years which seems both bizarre but also like incredibly um mean spirited given like the, what West Indies did in coming to England in the summer of 2020 um but then yeah there's there'll just be like a there's just like a little ODI tour to Pakistan like three match ODI tour in between two test series other places i mean it used it used to be and this had its own problems but it used to be that y- that England would go on tour to a country, play a test series, play an ODI series, in recent years play a T20 series, and then you'd go somewhere else. And yeah, that maybe that didn't necessarily, like some people would say, well, it didn't kind of add up to anything in the end. But this, I just, I don't really see how it all kind of fits together. It just, it feels really bitty. It feels really messy. Um, and then you add in the fact that there's all these, and, and more and more, t20 domestic competitions going on in other places and the hundred and you know what's what's the plan here guys yeah no absolutely i mean those kind of just standalone and what what effectively now will be like england b team tours to here there and everywhere or whatever are just completely and they're like i'd say they're actually destructive Mm. rather than constructive there's no point just dilutes the whole thing like dilutes the meaning of anything and you know we've always talked about context and that's been a massive thing hasn't it with in cricket in the last kind of 10 years and the the introduction of the world test championship and the odi whatever it's called um i mean i suppose on the flip side you know putting on those matches in those countries or putting on matches Mm. in england is it's just money in the coffers isn't it and it's 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 cricket you can sell to broadcasters it's tickets you can sell but in the greater scheme of things it's it's just pointless, isn't it? And it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. as you say, it doesn't fit into any kind of pattern or, yeah, like, yeah, or context. The, yeah, the, the pattern, you know, obviously, you know, cricket is in the shadow of, well, everything is in the shadow of football. Mm. But at least with football, and I, I suppose, you know, people are trying to destroy that, but there is, there is a pattern that, pe- that, that supporters and the, the kind of football public know what is going to happen mm. when, and it happens. And that's what happened, you know, whereas cricket's just all over the place. Like, it's just the, the scattergun approach. As you say, there's no, there's no real singular kind of organisation that, that's, 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 that's in control of everything. It's just like, just squeeze in as much as you can, wherever yeah. you can. 
and irregardless of irregardless, regardless of <laughs> regardless of, <laughs> regardless yeah. of the sort of bigger picture, it's just like yeah, let's just let's just like squeeze the orange and, and get as much out and yeah and toss it away. I mean, I suppose you can say when it comes to those like sort of random three match T Twenty tours, you know. Uh, probably when it comes to it, I will enjoy watching those games because they're, you know, if they're on a reasonable <laughs> in a reasonable time zone, suits you. I'll come, yeah. I'll come in from work and watch those. And there's sort of like entertainment value to be had in that cricket in and of itself, but it does add up to nothing really in the end. It's so disposable, and this is my worry about T20. And I suppose you can throw in a hundred as well, but you know about that really kind of short format cricket. If it does completely take over like it's great on its own terms and it's great in moderation because it, it, it can be so entertaining um but if that's all cricket becomes it's it I'm, i will lose interest because it 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 does you know this analogy is overdone or you know this sort of cliche but a, a, that it's more like fast food rather than a kind of like nutritious meal like a test match um it just, yeah, it does feel a bit in a mess. And you mentioned the, the kind of comparison with football. We were talking about this yesterday, Tony. We had a conversation about cricket not on air, which seems like a waste, doesn't it? Yeah. It was pretty, well, I was Get making some up. brilliant points <laughs> and some really funny jokes as well. I sort of feel like, and I don't want them to do this. I want to be clear that I don't want this to happen, but I would almost rather that it went fully down the football route of like if because the my worry with the future tours program and the kind of the this ongoing creep of t20 leagues is that international cricket is becoming more and more marginalized and it you know people have been talking about this in in recent weeks it could be that in five ten years that international cricket is no longer you know has been pushed aside and it is most cricket is mostly about domestic t20 leagues with the occasional you know ashes series or something certainly outside the big three already test test cricket is you know much less frequent than it was so but if that's going to happen I, what i really don't want is for it to be like it is at the moment where it's just so kind of random so scattergun it's like as you say. isn't it it's just like yeah. a sort of tour yeah yeah and it's, it's just a, like a oh, I've got an IPL here we've got 100 here you know i'd almost rather and i say i don't want them to do this but i would rather that they went down the football route and said okay it's it's like in the english premier league or you know the the la liga or whatever that you have that clubs own certain players and they play all year round. And so, you know, whoever it is, Chris Gale or Virat Kohli or whatever, he plays for Royal Challengers Bangalore and that's who he plays for. Or like Dwayne Bravo, who's playing here in the 100, he'll be playing in the CPL in a couple of weeks, whatever. No, he can't do that because he plays for one club and there's no overseas player limits. And what, I mean, obviously what that would mean is that ev all the best players are playing in India in the IPL and then the other leagues, the clubs are becoming sort of feeders for those. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. What they'll do but, is they'll, yeah, it, RCB will have a franchise in South Africa mm -hmm. and they'll buy a hundred franchise and they'll have a franchise in the CPL and that, yeah, their, their contracted players will effectively just be sort of farmed out to their other clubs, which. Yeah, well, I said, I, I, I don't want that to happen. I absolutely categorically don't want that to happen, but I would kind of rather it was like that because at least that would then, make a bit more sense because one of my problems with the 100 is you, is you turn it on it's like okay who are these teams who's playing for who you know what okay well he yeah he was playing for someone else last week it's yeah yeah so i would rather that if somebody wants to buy if someone wants Dwayne bravo to play for the team they have to go and buy him in in a kind of football style and then they play like not literally all year round but they you know they they play sort of more consistently across the year for that team and you could then also set up because one of the ways that uh, 
cricket franchise leagues fall down in comparison with football like a lot of people who are against the 100 I mentioned this are because they're sort of county cricket diehards and they're, if they're in uh, I don't know Gloucester they haven't got any they haven't got a team to go and watch if they if it was just established that these are the teams you could then set up there could be sort of lower leagues of cricket in the way there are of football that feed into that top league and you could have clubs in other towns around the UK that are then trying to get promoted into that yeah, top league yeah. you know what I mean and it's, that's a, more, a, a kind of more um, understandable structure than what we've got at the moment which does just deprive people in certain towns and cities from ever watching cricket in that tournament yeah exactly I mean the, the only issue I just want to say I don't want that yeah, to happen yeah. I think the other issue the issue with that for me slightly is that football as much as I love it the the transfer market has got to it, it's generated it's now it's now too big a, a part of the sport rather than the actual sport itself isn't it like people I don't know whether it's a Twitter thing oh, football's or football's got massive problems <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. like that it's, in all sorts it's of ways almost like there are, there are there's a huge swathe of people who seem to be much more interested in in who their club might sign than actually the matches themselves yeah and it's just like I don't know and and yeah it just leads to kind of I, you know, the eye-watering sums because of that system of, you know, it's just it's kind of uncontrolled, mm. um, which, yeah. Well, it would also massively accelerate what is already happening, which is the, you know, the complete domination or the, the, the sort of the expansion of the centre of gravity of, you know, of the sport being in India. And then it's just, it, that's... And it would almost become more like the NFL. Yeah, the I think NBA. that's inevitable though, isn't it now? Yeah, well, yeah. I'd say that's, it does seem to be inevitable. So I'd almost rather they kind of go the whole hog, you know, like lean into that if that's what you're going to do. And this is really kind of uh, heretical, but you could almost then have, maybe not call it test cricket, but you could have those teams playing Red Bull cricket as well. I, and I, I would rather have that than have Test cricket just completely die out, and it just be these weird kind of, as you say, kind of scattergun T Twenty leagues cropping up, popping up in different parts of the world. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how it all takes shape. Obviously, yeah, there's been a lot of chats about the UAE league, which is a, basically a Premier League. Cause I think it's, is it twelve overseas players per team right. per franchise? So it's effectively, a, yeah, effectively a, a full kind of a full. As you say, what you know, what you say, kind of, yeah, Premier League style. Setup. I'd be more excited about watching that because that's one of my issues with the IPL and and these sorts of leagues is that the quality of cricket just is by definition lower because you don't. It's not just the best players. I think it, what but, is clear now is that it's, things are changing rapidly and irreversibly, and it's not quite clear. Necessar- well, it is clear to a certain extent the direction of travel, but it's not clear exactly what things will look like uh, will they like in 5 10 15 mm. years so uh yeah there does seem to be a lot of a lot of yeah pe- uh, quite a few people are losing a bit of uh a bit of hope i think over the future of it so i don't know we shall see yeah I mean, was that is that too neg- is that too gloomy what we've just discussed there <sighs> i don't know cuz some people might say well look what people are really getting there kind of knickers in a twist about this and it's just you know ultimately it's just it's like it's a like the hundred is just a kind of fun um 
it's, it's, it's meant to be just fun, entertaining. It's bringing people through the gate. You know, they've had really good crowds. The, the profile of women's cricket is going up as a result. There's all these positives and you just, and it's not trying to replace the championship or replace test cricket. It's there as an addition. We've talked about this before, like um, in some ways, what cricket, one of the things cricket has going for it is that it has all these different formats and there's so much variety and it's not just the same thing every time. And maybe we should just embrace that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think <laughs> you agree. I see you totally. No, I agree. I, what you no, just I, said. I, I think there is a. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just getting old and getting a bit disillusioned and stuff. But sport in general have there's so many issues across the board in terms of setup, structure, the greed, the fact that every sport wants to be everything to everyone all the time. Mm. It, it doesn't feel like the I don't know when we were growing up it, it it felt like there were just sort of distinct seasons and there were um you know maybe that's just like some misremembering or that's like a kind of a, a, an outcome of just being at school where you literally played a sport in the first term a different sport in the second term a sport in the summer football hockey cricket yeah and could have done without hockey yeah, at the time. I quite enjoy hockey. Now. Well, I don't, I don't play a huge amount of hockey now, but I quite enjoy it as a sport. <laughs> when are you playing hockey? I've, I've played any hockey for years. Yeah. Um, no, sorry, I sidetracked you there. But, but, you know, every sport is like trying to... It's like just fighting constantly for attention. And again, it is p- partly a fact that football has kind of just grown into this beer moth. Um, but, yeah, like tennis... Um, yeah, cricket, rugby. athletics, rugby, Formula One. It's just like a sort of semi-permanent kind of tour, isn't it, around mm. the world? And, uh, you know, one has a, a successful Netflix series and then everyone wants, you know, there's like just documentaries coming out of our ears. It's just, there's just too much of everything, I think. Yeah. Just need a bit of a break. Well, and that's the approach we took. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not doing a podcast yeah, exactly. for two months. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, there's so much been happening. There's all that white ball stuff Check as well, notes. but that's that's a long time. I don't have any notes. That's a long time ago now, I guess. And Morgan stepping down as captain. Maybe we can talk about that again. Is there any more white ball cricket this summer? Or is that probably. <laughs> Almost, yeah, probably. Um, um, just to just to finish that conversation as well. I think, I think still though the 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 moments or the cricket that I'll look forward to and enjoy the most are the international tournaments. So, and you know, there is yeah, going to be yeah. one of those every year, isn't there for the going forward. So maybe that's just sort of pin your hopes on that. Mm. There is an argument to say like, yeah, don't get too het up about it. Just watch the, you know, just enjoy the stuff you enjoy and, mm. and, and don't, you know, don't bash the others, which yeah, maybe there's an argument for as well. Yeah. yeah but just, then that would put us out of business. Right, really, exactly. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what, what exactly. would we, what would we be talking about? Um, well, I think we can probably uh, probably bring this one to an end, actually. We've got uh, about to go for a swim. Here, has this worked here on the harbour? I think it's worked-ish. Yeah, it's worked-ish. There's, I mean, there's certainly a lot of seagulls around, planes going overhead, a lot of uh, people been wandering through. Don't seem to have been involved. enjoying the show as much as, <laughs> yeah, well, as, much as you'd expect. <laughs> um, there's some boats bobbing out there in the bay, aren't there? Little fishing boats. Go and swim out to one of those in a minute. We've got uh, friends of the show, Nick and Caitlin, coming to join us in a minute. Yep. So we best wrap up. Um, so yeah, but we've we did it. We we've done it. Tone another one in the when bag. When are we back? Uh, probably about six months. Would you say? One. I mean, actually, I'd love to say we're going to be back soon, but um, we might need to have another little hiatus. Um, 
I'm about to have another baby, Turner. Yeah, it's not really great for the pod, is it? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It's a bit selfish. Yeah, poor. Yeah, kind of really let the let the side down there, haven't I? Well, you're not just when you've got your priorities straight. Yeah. Which, which is a bit of a concern. Um, so yeah, baby due any but, day yeah. now. I should probably have checked my been checking my phone yeah. during this. No, no, not no call, no missed calls. That's a relief. Um, so yeah, might need to have a bit of paternity leave. Well, that's you know perfect for podding. <laughs> true, well, true. I meant paternity leave from podding, <laughs> but, but then mind you, I know there's no there's no paternity leave from the world creature. There's nothing statutory. No, you will have to be in a, at your desk at nine a.m. <laughs> yeah, it's surprising, isn't it? Given that we, you know, the, given that we are both in the office nine to five, Monday to Friday at World Cricket Show Towers that we, you know, we only produce a podcast every... Well, it's just a lot of other stuff going on. A lot of admin months. to do, isn't well, it? Well, it just takes a long time to write the scripts, <laughs> doesn't it? There's a lot of back and forth. Yeah. A lot of revisions. You want your notes, legal. you know? Yeah. Um, Extensive. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, it could be, like, the baby could come any day from now, but it also might not come for another four or five weeks. There's a lot of... You know, it's, one of it's one of the annoying things about this. It's going to really uncertain when it's going to happen. So it's it's not impossible that we'll be back after the second test. You know, the, but yeah, also it could be that there'll be another break. Well, let's see. Let's play it by ear. Let's pencil. Let's not ink anything in. But yeah, in the meantime, <laughs> why not get involved in, on social media? We're really active on yeah. there as well. You've really dropped off and you're, uh, you're tweeting. We're on Twitter at Cricket Show. We're on Facebook at Cricket Show. We're on Instagram at World Cricket Show. You can send us an email worldcricketshow at gmail.com is that all the plugs it's most of them I think anything else you it's need the key to ones what are you up to you're not you're not having a baby no no babies to send yeah um, it's chilling yeah really. just ready. we're just waiting for you know waiting for the call up <laughs> just just waiting by the phone <laughs> waiting for the moment you know to to bring the opinions right okay I wasn't sure what you were talking about there um, so just you know just hit me up alright well yeah we'll be back soon um, yeah <laughs> I was going to say, get your kit off, <laughs> going for a swim. Get your kit off, Tone, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, cheerio. The life for now. Yeah,